another week another story what's up everyone i'm jasmine nicole and once again i am here to tell you a story about a minority we are about to get into this atrocious story of a mother-daughter trio whose crimes caused huge uproars across india Go ahead and get comfy because we're about to satisfy your minority true crime craving with the story of the first women to be scheduled for execution in India since 1955. Today, we're going to talk about Anna Janabi Gavit and her daughter Seema and Renuka. Anna Janabi was not your typical picture perfect ideal version of a mother. She made it through life by committing petty crimes and thefts. In 1973, her and her then-husband had her first daughter, Seema Gavit. The father ended up leaving shortly after Seema was born. This did not leave Anna Janabi lonely for too long because she soon found love in a man named Mohan. They ended up having a daughter of their own in 1975, who they named Renuka. Even though Anna Janabi was living the mom life, now with two kids, she didn't feel she needed to change her lifestyle at all committing crimes and petty theft that was really all she knew that's how she got by that's how she'd always gotten by um that was her livelihood she kept committing these crimes and stealing her way through so she could get by so i mean there were more than a few instances of shoplifting and petty theft to be specific she had about 125 cases lodged against her for miscellaneous things that were related to petty theft as you can imagine, this helped Anna Janabi become extremely popular with the cops. They were constantly encountering her and her family due to this, and Mahan, her then-husband, he got fed up with all the harassment that was coming from the authorities, and he left. When I say he left, I mean like he was there one day and he was gone the next. He dipped out, found a new wife, had two additional children, and never looked back. By 1990, not much had changed for Anna Janabi and her girls. One day, Renuka and her young son went out to the temple. The sole purpose of this outing was to rob and to pickpocket the people that were there. It was a crowded place, and normally people had their guards down at the temple, so she didn't feel like she would be noticed. She'd done this numerous times, um, so all was well. They, she went on about her time pickpocketing and trying to get her funds, but This day, however, was an off day for Renuka because someone did end up catching her and they started questioning her on the spot, which eventually led to a crowd gathering around them. The crowd started to get angry and violent, so she was quickly trying to find a way to get out of this. She noticed that some of the crowd was showing interest in her son, which gave her an idea. So she went on to explain to the crowd how There's no way she could do what they're accusing her of doing. I mean, yes, someone says that they saw her, but there's no way they could have saw her because she is a mother and she has her child here with her. And there's no way that a mother could do something like this. Like, why would a mother be out with her child and be pickpocketing? The more she started talking, the more the crowd would back off. They let Renuka leave because, to her point, how could a mother be responsible for stealing while she was with her child? Getting out of this situation was the light bulb aha moment for this family. Children were the answer. The girls immediately started adding children to their crimes. Not only were the daughters in on these acts, but Renuka's husband was also their getaway driver. I mean, who better to trust than family, right? 
So almost immediately after that incident at the temple, they started to improve their crime routines. Their first actual kidnapping was a one-year-old boy named Santosh who had been kidnapped from a beggar. They would take Santosh along with them whenever they were committing these crimes. Well, on one of these days, things didn't go so smooth. The girls were out doing their usual, and after only pickpocketing three men, Seema got caught red-handed. There was no possible way out of this one, and the crowd wasn't here for it at all. So they just started beating up on Seema. The crowd was way too much for the girls to fight off, so Renuka decided the only way out was Santosh. That's why they had the children there so they could get out of trouble. But in this case, it wasn't necessarily speaking to being there with the child like it was before. The crowd was too rowdy. That wasn't going to work. So she did what she thought was the only option in this case. And she threw Santosh on the ground. And that worked. The crowd was so distracted by this bleeding baby. And so much so that their focus shifted off of the girls and now on to the baby. By doing this, they were able to go ahead and get away. When they finally made their way out of the situation, Anna Janabi decided that Santosh was no longer of any use to them, so she smashed his head against an iron pole and she killed him. These three women went on to rape and kill kids between the ages of 1 to 13, and when they found no use of them any longer, they would just kill him. I mean, that's, it was for them, it was as simple as that. But killing the children no that was that wasn't enough for them like it wasn't enough to do a peaceful you know try to make it as pain-free as painless as quick as they could that wasn't enough for these women they had to do it in some of the most inhumane ways that you could think of there was a seven-month-old boy that just would not stop crying so Seema dropped him on the floor a two-year-old boy was hung upside down and he got his head slammed against the wall Sarde, a man who was associated with the Supreme Court case, said that they chopped the body of one of the children and stuffed it into a bag for disposal. They then carried the bag with them and watched a movie and ate dinner while the bag just lay between their feet. Their primary rule with all of this was to not catch feelings for the children, which, based on what we just heard, none of them seemed to have any problem with that at all. Anna Janabi had a plan to go back and not only kidnap, but to kill Mahan's remaining daughter. Turns out, Mahan's eldest daughter was the first victim that was killed by the girls. The parents couldn't prove that their child was dead, but what Mahan's wife did know is that Anna Janabi and her daughters were somehow a part of this. So when their first daughter went missing, she filed a police report against the girls. It wasn't until November 19th when they would be found, and thankfully, the police caught them before Anna Janabi could carry out her plan of taking that remaining daughter. When the cops finally had them in custody, they began to question the girls about Mahan's daughter that was still missing. During these interrogations, the police got some other evidence that led them to completely different murders. The loyalty of this family stood strong in this case because nobody was snitching everybody held their own nobody was talking they they were innocent and they did not believe that they did anything wrong the police tried they came from all different side all different angles they tried everything they could but they could not get either of these three women to turn on each other that family loyalty however that only went as far as blood because Renuka's husband Karan was the one that gave it all up to the cops Karan was normally waiting in a vehicle when the girls would go out on their crime runs. Remember, he was the getaway driver, so he had a lot of information to give 
and he gave it. The case ended up going to trial where the girls continued to maintain their innocence. About a year after they got arrested, Anajanabi passed away in prison. June 29th of 2001, the girls ended up being convicted of 13 kidnappings and six killings. Renuka and Seema were sentenced to death. As expected, when the details of this case came out, it caused a huge uproar. As if what we already know about this case isn't enough, it seems that there was even more to the girls' crime spree that we didn't even know. Special Public Prosecutor Ujawi Nakim, who sought the death penalty for them, said, and I quote, We limited the period of killings to six years. However, this had been going on for longer than that. The woman could not remember how many children they had killed. End quote. The sisters currently sit on death row, still denying any wrongdoing. They tell everyone who will listen that they are innocent and have even gone as far as filing for a mercy plea to avoid the death penalty, but that was denied in 2014. The girls are still currently housed in Yerwada Jail in Prune, India. And that is the story of the Gavit family. This story was a tough one to research, I can't even lie. They took Heartless to a whole nother level for me. Um... I mean, the idea for them to even have these crimes, but then for them to be children, small children at that is, is unthinkable. So I, I don't even know if I have enough adjectives to describe my thoughts on any of these women involved. I just know all I can say is there's a special place in hell for these women. That will wrap up our story for the week. As always, I want to thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to comment, rate, and subscribe on whatever listening platform that you listen to. Don't forget to follow us at Seasoned Crime on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, I will be back next week with another story about a minority.